everyone welcome back to another exciting episode of breaking the ceiling uh, my name is ashwin bhadri i'm going to be your host for the day uh, today we are going to be talking about somebody who's created a rage in the industry uh, i'm talking about none other uh, than the founder and ceo of rage coffee bharat sethi hey bharat welcome to breaking the ceiling hi ashwin thank you for having me so bharat uh, the product you've created has been a rage in the uh, market but before we uh, touch upon uh, you know rage coffee tell us a little bit about your life before oh um you know as long as i know i've been an entrepreneur so i i started very early in my life uh, the entrepreneurship journey in fact uh, you know i was uh, very fascinated uh, with with just starting up even when i was in school um and this is you know 2000 the early 2000s right so um because i maybe it's a family influence it's something to do with what i saw maybe uh, you know at school i was uh, a through and through leader i captained my school football team i played uh, under 14 delhi i was the head boy of the school i was also academically bright which was a curse later on because i had to leave football for studying which did not make any sense to me at that time but overall i think uh, just just you know as I graduated from school and as a rather left school and I was trying to you know basically um, figure out what to do with my life I ended up taking economics honors went to uh, you know University of Delhi and uh, and I realized that I don't want to study anymore like it's not interesting to me to sit in a classroom and study I hardly went to college mostly just and this is 2008 to 11 the flipkart had come in you know there was a lot of conversation banter about e-commerce to me it it seemed like that that is my calling because uh, i don't know just the power of selling online was so fascinating to me that it made a lot of sense uh, you know and and i wanted to explore it so that's what i did i you know three years i was learning affiliate marketing blogging content writing how to you know how does seo work how does uh, you know the how, how does all of these uh, basically one second na my call i got to get a call my system shows up on my system sorry so 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 yeah, so how does uh, you know seo works how does affiliate marketing work um so all of these very little nuances of digital marketing uh, which are the actually the foundation of how you sell anything online so right out of college i started up and you know 2011 i started my first direct to consumer brand even at that time because it was essentially a you know marketplace for artists and designers to come and collaborate together and then we built a back end of just in time manufacturing so we did not hold any inventory and uh, it was a good fun very very exhilarating journey of four years i exited that company uh, did i think we built a very strong like brand presence that we were targeting to the uh, you know the 16 to 25 year olds about a decade back so so learned the ropes of everything that one needs to do online matlab i did not have any formal training in it so i was learning on the job every day matlab 
बिजनेस क्या होता है मतलब पता नहीं था स्टार्टअप क्या होता है कुछ नहीं पता था इट ऑल अबाउट जस्ट गोइंग आउट इन लर्निंग एंड एंड दैट्स व्हाट हैपेंड एंड यू नो इट वाज द जर्नी वाज यू नो आई वाज वेरी यंग बट दैट जर्नी वाज वेरी आई थिंक थॉट प्रोवोकिंग फॉर मी बट हाउ आई शुड टेक इट फ्रॉम हियर यू नो एट दैट टाइम सो देन आई स्टार्टेड अनदर बी2बी कॉमर्स कंपनी व्हिच डिड नॉट डू दैट वेल व्हिच डिड नॉट टेक ऑफ द वे माय फर्स्ट कंप्लीटेड बिकॉज़ फर्स्ट वन वाज अ पैशन प्रोजेक्ट the next one was a calculated you know like this of market is there let's go after this market and let's figure out so there was no passion in that i think that i think we ran for about 18 odd months but it, we never achieved product market fit there so but i made a lot of mistakes and there were many learnings that i took from from that business right what not to do so so that's uh, my journey before rage in 2018 is when the company was formed and rage was uh, commercially started selling we started selling commercially in uh, january of 2019 so one year i took to just go back to the basics go back to the you know drawing board and just figure out what i truly wanted to do so one thing uh, that i must appreciate about uh, you know you bharat is you talk very openly about your failures very very few people do right so even me i am a serial entrepreneur i have started 15 businesses But I have yeah. shut down six of them, and I'm very open about it, right? I've sold off a couple of them, uh, but I've shut down six, and it's the lessons I've learned from the failures have actually helped me make the other ones which are there right now a lot more successful, right? So yeah. uh, even within the company, we have this practice, uh, you know, when whenever there's a failure, and we have a lot of failures by the way, because we try a lot of new things, we never call it a failure; we call it a learning. Right, uh, to a point where we've started this new thing of asking teammates, "Hey, what have you failed at this week?" And it's making failures literally a part of your journey. It's not so. Uh, another thing that we've coined internally is "fail forward fast," right? So, like, make your mistakes quickly so we can yes. reach. Let it be a product market fit, or let it be whatever we're trying to do. Let's get there quickly. Yes. So, I really appreciate you sharing your you know, failure in between. So, how did you come up with the idea of Rage? to be honest with you it was a very systematic approach there was passion and it started there but then we you know found out a lot of gaps in the market so we did a lot of primary research i you know talked to a lot of customers i spoke to the trade network the distributors the you know wholesalers and then i also spoke to the manufacturing setup right the supply chain uh, people who were who were you know from the source uh, how it was traveling so i think i think overall what really you know did did it for for me was that this this you know uh uh there was there were many gaps in the market basically so there was not just this one gap that i can go after and i will build defensibility but there were gaps in ingredients sourcing manufacturing techniques definitely about distribution right because uh, earlier the, the legacy players had the power of distribution and that's how they sold the product they were necessarily not selling good products or quality products but they had shelf space so whatever they put on the shelf it had to sell some would do well some would not do that well but it will sell and that i was seeing that changing very rapidly during my entrepreneurship right i mean with the penetration of e-commerce and just generally consumer behavior changing right this last decade uh, you know we, we majority of our population is between 18 to 35 right so this consumer has evolved but the products that were given to them had not evolved this is the same consumer who was traveling abroad was traveling 
you know uh, was spending a lot more on their uh, wishes and a lot more on their you know uh, interest but they did not have the right product so i think that that was uh, mostly you know where, where i found coffee to be like an empty blank canvas although although it is you know as you would know like it's you know imperative right but to me it was it was a it was an opportunity right because there were some nuances in this competition which were completely ignored which had a lot of weight like if you could crack those nuances you would build something which was of far more value than being then doing something in a smaller market which was in which there was little to no competition so that's how my approach was so i like the very methodical way of going about it uh, you know many people are like i just was a passion and i started it which is good but if you apply a little bit of science behind it it can go a long way right so it's a more yes. like, uh, calculated way so how did you get the name rage i think you know two three things one was i think just the uh, idea that we created something which was fundamentally differentiated and we could not have been a cafe this thing or a you know i don't know something that people were already used to so it started with having a different name and then it also started with different branding right different uh, communication and different identity which was which did not exist in the market before which would give us the immediate gtm leverage the name rage was i think simply because uh, first of all uh, if you study the history of brand right so it's a four letter word uh, it's simple it's relatable people know it but they do not associate with coffee before rage coffee they never associated with rage coffee right it's like uh, it's like pangolin right or you know all these big brands right apple nobody associate could associate uh, technology and apple but and then it sticks to you so i think one of the cornerstones of branding is to surprise beautifully surprise the customer so that they don't forget you like a good surprise uh, you never forget a good surprise right so so you know and then it was also like you know trendy it meant on point it also for the gen z and the millennials it also means cutting edge uh, you know so some of the things like we used to hear was i still hear i mean <laughs> it's become more common now but 4 or 5 years back like you know grow you raging like you know they, it's 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 got to be like there's some sense of you know this aspirational value at, attached to it you know um, it's like uh, you know what's up rager things like these so and i i was listening to this and i was thinking like you know this is the consumer right and this is the language they speak and this is the guy who goes spend 10 years from now on coffee and this guy will continue to spend on coffee right so rather than somebody who's already 40 years old who's already not going to uh, who's already decided that this not they'll not spend 15 rupees more uh now we cater to that customer because now we are a more massy brand that ways i mean our reach is far more uh now but but that was the idea that was the initial idea so how do you manage innovation as an entrepreneur how do you think of innovation how do you kind of structure it is it something you do once in a month once in a year is, do you do it as a team how do you handle innovation innovation is very interesting you know word to me because i think uh, it is the dna of a, of somebody of a business of a person uh, you know without innovation i think companies like ours would not exist even for a month uh, it is so much going on right in today's market brand awareness is uh, you know high but brand loyalty is so low 
so you know it 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 becomes extremely difficult to stay in this market without being ahead of the curve which basically means you innovate now innovation is not just to me is not just what you can see as a customer or a, or an audience it's in the back end you know most innovation that would happen is in the thinking you know how you think about the category and uh, how you're applying that thinking to your set of products uh, it's in the it's in the team culture it's in your operation excellence how are you uh, making sure that uh, you know your your business is always uh, in the back end from an operational point of view either through technology or through unique unique processes uh, becomes uh, you know innovative so i think to me it's a dna it's when it's in your dna it's it's a, it's a you know living being inside of somebody so it stays with you throughout your every day every moment i think if you think about business you have to think about what's what's future so i loved how you said innovation should become the dna of the company right it's not something that is forced upon people it's something that people should want to do because they want to do it not because the boss is saying big boss is saying are innovate karo to innovate karo right so give me an example of a innovation that did really well and also if you're okay with sharing give me an example of an innovation that did not do as well as you thought innovation that went well um i will tell you something that is not very maybe you know generally you know people think people associate innovation with maybe a product right so let me think of something that uh, you know would be a more back end kind of an innovation we did so i'll tell you you know with 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 operations right e-commerce is uh, a lot about your operational excellence right because that's your bottom line in in e-commerce because there are returns sometimes and then there is a lot of uh, customer calling that you have to do for example for cod Uh, then there is all these softwares you have to use for warehousing, and you have to build your warehousing either you know through uh, in-house or through outsourcing, so, so on and so forth, right? So there is a lot of operational work in e-commerce at scale, right? So what we did was we we decided to create like custom software when we started the company. We did not, so we had several tools right available, but we said we will make something that is uh, you know you know. Uh, core to our, us, which is the, the production, which is inventory, because we decided to do manufacturing ourselves. So production, inventory management, um, and then the entire dispatch and order management, uh, and then now we have built on that tool, which is you know it's like a, if you had to sell that software, it would be anybody would pay us like lots of you know it's just, it's a full blown beast in itself, right? Um, especially for Omni Channel. so we did that from day zero which i don't think i have not heard it most people do it at the, when they are zero aaj karta hai koi to wo possible hota but we did that so it, i think that was a innovation that worked really well for us because that you know we were able to you know control so much with it it's a simple thing but we are able to build so much efficiency for the customer there the entire experience of delivery dispatch you know email whatsapp whatever like the customer is going through i think we just uh, and then the internally how we are able to uh, have a better bottom line because of uh, you know uh, management of better operations so so that is something that worked well something that didn't work well i think i think just i'll tell you very honestly and frankly that uh, you know india has india has been uh, from a manufacturing standpoint from a ecosystem point uh, uh, ecosystem standpoint right 
India has been growing phenomenally, right? But we're still lacking uh, compared to you know the uh, compared to China in terms of the uh, processes and in terms of the scale we have in some categories. Um, so we decided to uh, when during COVID, right? And I mean I, I mean I am a full uh, you know uh, this thing on focusing on Indian products, right? So. we don't want to use anything that's coming out from out of india and even though it is it should benefit the hindu we don't want to do direct imports or something so you know we we created created this uh, basically this unique concept jar which we wanted to launch and we decided we'll not go to you know outside of india to get the design and the manufacturing done we'll do it all in house and all the mold and the production and the entire rendering 3d designs of this we'll do it all in house Uh, so i think we we have have spent a lot of time trying to do that but we are still not able to do that uh, so i think i think that is maybe a, you know it's it's not it's not gone wrong yet uh, we are closer to achieving it but we it's massively delayed so i think i think definitely uh, you know because we're trying to be also you know doing something in india gives us a lot of comfort right because of scale because of you know what if there is another lockdown or a covid breakout or whatever right nobody knows in the times we're living so we just feel that it's maybe delayed but it is in long term it's going to be a better decision but i feel like just depending on you know on one factory and when one kind of uh chain there did not work very well for us so i remember you launching something like a currency cryptocurrency was that a marketing thing tell me a little bit more about that I remember some kind of a coin getting launched give me a little bit about that it was a pure marketing uh, you know for lack of a better word it was a pure marketing uh, gimmick and what 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 it really helped us is like Uh, in in reaching out to the audience and talking their language, and when I say gimmick, I think also because it because that there was no coin. In fact, it was a game. It was a game to collect coins because the, because the, it created a lot of buzz and uh, we got a very strong traction on uh, even the game. It was an IG filter basically. I mean, you could play the game on an IG filter. So it was quite quite interesting actually. I mean. and that's about it it was a month long campaign drove what we really intended it to drive for us so tell me about uh, productivity what do you as an entrepreneur do give me maybe two things that you do that make you more productive than some other people oh man this is this can be really long but uh, <laughs> i'll try to be i'll try to be yeah as 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 uh, you know the thing as possible so one thing is obviously i spend a lot of time before hitting work like i wake up very early about 6:37 and on a bad day maybe around 8 o'clock but but before 8 and before i start working i do a lot of just physical exercise uh, just uh, clearing my mind out just maybe thinking about things that are critical that day preparing myself for those things spend time with family just you know just listen to music early in the early in the morning just spend that time away from the screen and uh, you know doing things that i used to do as a child uh, enjoying you know just enjoying just being random i think uh, just being creative uh, you know with uh, without trying too hard to you know to achieve a goal because 
it's my comfort zone and that's one thing that, I, that has worked for me and i've been doing it for some time now quite you know during covid i started this because pre covid i used to wake up and start working and and that i did for 8 years 8 9 years right and i just i used to wake up and start working where's my phone where's the email where's this and my laptop was always next to me right and i was you know and and it it during covid i realized oh wow now there are no emails to answer what to do <laughs> what to do you know so so that is one thing the second is you know with with people and with most you know business is all about people right so i think just uh, building the right culture is very very paramount for me you know we are a very large team now so we have to make sure that uh everything we're doing is you know we're benefiting these people right you know making ma- making the right uh you know uh we're setting the right benchmark for them we we we're adding value to their lives personally professionally and that to me is very powerful as well because then pe- then people go out of their way to you know also give back uh so so just just generally thinking about people and how how i can maybe Uh, add value to their day to somehow right maybe even by just an email for example of something like that so that's this is the second thing i can tell you uh, and it takes a lot of lot of lot from you you know it is very difficult to do this consistently you know somebody can do it for maybe a week two weeks but to do this consistently is a habit and then you have to start enjoying this habit basically otherwise it's it's not going to be very you know fruitful i feel the third one is uh, i think no meetings till i get done with my critical work with my important work so i don't have any meetings till about 3 233 or any meetings and i mostly will spend that time in on on things which uh, i have to do or i have i'm i'm just i have to wear on the thinking cap for those things and you know another good hack i can tell you is i don't pick up any unknown calls <laughs> that's so important like you know if my phone rings at least you know i'm talking to you right now i have to put my phone on this thing on uh, airplane mode because i i cannot talk otherwise so just just not picking up random numbers and and then even whatsapp uh, you know making sure that everything is sorted uh, it's always clean inbox is clean so i think just being productive i think this i mean those are the things i do and meetings are very short right so my meetings can last anywhere between 5 to 25 minutes 30 minutes is like like really long meeting for me and one hour is something one hour meeting is something has broken something catastrophic has happened so I, I, you mentioned something which i'm going to take a lot of inspiration from uh, which is hey no meetings till i finish my my work So the other day I was uh, so over the last two years since the pandemic began, uh, I, I've I've run my day in these thirty-minute blocks. Right, they start at nine and they go until about seven, seven thirty, and I was very happy. I'm like my whole week is planned. I know exactly. I don't have to think about what's next. And I'm so proud of that. Right, and was actually working quite efficiently. So one day I showed this to one of my mentors, right, uh, who just sold a billion-dollar company. Right, so he's one of my mentors and an investor. And I just showed him my calendar for something. Just seeing something, my my screen was shared. My calendar kind of came up, and he was like, "One sec, what is that?" I'm like, "Oh, that's my calendar." And I'm very proud. Like, oh, I go look at it. It was so color coded, and it's very like you can see the customer calls, review, deep, you know, deep dives, all you know, nicely color coded. He's like, "Oh, this is fantastic." He's like, "Ashwin, when do you think?" Yeah. 
I was like, holy yeah. crap. I'm like, you're right. He's like, when do you think your entire day is spent with people? It's spent with your teammates. It's spent with customers, your investor calls. Like, where, where is your thinking time? Like, I'm like, you know what? I, I was trying to justify it by saying, well, I think with my team. He's like, all oh, that's great. But he's like, you need time to think because you have to set the vision. You have, like, your team will innovate. But they will innovate in the direction of the vision. So you have to set the vision and get those building blocks right. But that literally changed the way I operate my calendar. Now I've kind of restructured my calendar a little bit. I'm now clearing more zones out, you know, reducing few of the meetings. Do I need to meet this team every day? You know, I'm kind of lowering, I'm taking it out. I, I, I like the fact that you said that, hey, I don't do anything. I don't know if I can do it till three o'clock. Maybe I'm going to try and do it till lunch. Like till lunch, no meetings, then I can jump into meetings. I'm, I'm going to take inspiration from it. So tell me uh, a little bit about the culture that you've set at Rage. What, what is the culture like? What, how, do, how do you define culture, first of all, and how have you set it at Rage? I think culture is a sum of uh, all the, you know, subcultures in the company. Because, you know, in our, in our setup, it's a little different. I'll tell you how. We have operations which employs a certain different kind of people. Then there is uh, sales, which employs a certain different kind of mindset. Marketing is different in today's time, all the more different. And then we have the corporate stuff, right? So uh, branding, design, and all the, all of that, right? Um, and then we have the obviously the customer support and the customer team, which need a very different treatment. So getting everybody to be on the same page is difficult. Like everybody cannot be at the same frequency, and that's the acceptance we have to have in our business. What we try to achieve is that we hire people who believe in the same foundational values like us. And that's about it. Like, you know, it's not about work. Most interviews uh, about work end at end in 15 minutes. You know, and then I think I would spend maybe hours sometimes. And, and in some cases, I've also spent uh, years in hiring. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are two, three people in the company who are phenomenal, right? And I I took time, like almost a year in both cases, and all all those two or three cases where uh, I keep kept talking to them. I kept talking to them, right? And uh, it really helped. So so first of all, the culture is about hiring hiring slowly and uh, hiring the right person. So ninety nine percent of of the of the uh, this thing should be done. Of the confidence should be before hiring itself. That one percent is about action and execution but that 99% should be if you're not 99% convinced we try not to proceed in most cases unless there is a very very urgent need so so that's it the, the second thing the, the cornerstones of our culture are i think which i keep telling also right as you also mentioned about mistakes right so the first is speed we need a lot of speed and we need thinkers and we need people who are who believe in speed right the second is agility so it's okay to fail. It's okay to maneuver. It's okay to not not keep doing what you intended to do, but change gears. But do that do that quickly. So be agile. And the third is ethics. I think you know the most important thing is just be a good person. I say this to everyone: just be a good person. Right? It's so understated today. It is it is of not given enough value. But if you are just enough, you're just a good person. You will be ethically strong. You will be resilient. And you will also uh, think for the larger good, which is, you know, the team. And that's where most of the problems arise, you know, and, and security and confidentiality is a big part of a, of the way the culture is like, 
data confidentiality customer uh, confidentiality i mean at least when somebody joins us they have to sign at least i think seven or eight documents around just just this there's an email policy that, so, you know because i i'm too finicky about this so personally you know it, it's something very personal to me also i don't want that to you know somebody misusing the data or just 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 not having enough because i've seen organizations customers data is moving from one department one person to another and in today's time it's such a huge problem um so so that those are the three four things you know and the culture is built around these things so what is a interesting question that you may ask during an interview that would be different than because see the most of the questions are very serious at five years from now and tell us about yeah. the job role tell me something that you ask different that is not you that you think is not asked by everyone else i think uh, i've seen my hr team maybe smirk some sometimes when i ask this question but i think also i've seen some candidates maybe taken a little bit aback when i ask this question which is uh, do you have friends right if somebody says yes you know or somebody says ah ek do hai somebody would say you know nobody says no right um and then say, then say okay tell me you know so so if you have friends okay so tell me about your friends which is like maybe sometimes i ask and sometimes i don't ask but the second question is how would your friends describe you and i think that's a question where most people find difficulty in answering because what people perceive themselves to be sometimes they are not and that is the problem in hiring and that is the problem that also we have made mistakes on where we believe the person on face value right wherein what we really want to see is how they think their friends think about them and and we get some fantastic responses i i love that i love that i'm going to steal that one right today i have a interview later in the day i'm going to literally steal that one and i'm going to test out how it plays out right because i i keep changing up questions there are a couple of questions that we'll always ask but i always you know try and change it up i'm bringing this one in the mix tell me your thoughts about food companies raising uh funding what what do you think about that i think it's great i mean why not because i think uh, you know there is and it's all, all, always been happening really if you look at it uh, you know food technology is one area right wherein you can call the cloud kitchens today or the aggregators or the listings or discovery business but uh, overall if you look at the last 30 40 years you know investments in food have been a majority of the uh, taking the majority of the space in the private equity market said right? so uh, food investments have always been there just that they were mostly in late stage when the company had established or the company had proved themselves right so with with the technology as a disruptor right with direct to consumer coming in uh, with the applications and the you know the entire penetration online what has happened is there is also a lot of room for investors to you know uh, look at these companies vis-a-vis technology companies and and in a country like india where consumption is going to double right in 5 years now in 3 4 years right so i mean what opportunity there is for investors because lots of space spaces are completely you know blank canvases so i think i think if if an investor can enter early in a good company they can make 20x 10x i mean we have given returns to our angels which go beyond 20 25x 
so i mean it's it's definitely worth it because the adoption is increasing increasing faster now but as i mentioned as i mentioned you know it's very difficult it's, it's extremely difficult to build a brand of uh you know very high salience it's 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 one thing to start and do some 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 noise make some noise but it is extremely difficult to build something that is truly loved and sits right in the top 3 in the category so that is where we'll see some some uh, you know something that are not played out yet but we'll see that in the future how that plays out what would you focus on first would you focus on scale or would you focus on profitability like become profitable and then scale slowly or try and scale quickly even if you're burning a little money it's fine but what are your thoughts on that i mean honestly it depends on the entrepreneur it depends on the aspirations and needs of an entrepreneur you know when i started my first business i ran away from raising capital because we were you know I, my idea was ghar paisa aa raha hai mere ko kuch nahi karna hai mere ko funding nahi chahiye mere ko mere ko funding mere i am happy to run my own ship you know i don't want to raise money and and and, uh, and that was my fundamental idea that and then i realized my learnings in the last 12 years you know in the last decade or so has been that if you want to do something you know significant and impactful in a short period of time uh, you have to have a significant amount of money to do that because businesses in general uh, you know it's a it's an outcome of capitalism right and every every capitalist idea starts with you know taking some kind of a land grab doing some some kind of a uh, you know how do we call it you know like uh, non linear kind of models so 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 i i truly believe that if the entrepreneur has the aspirations to do something very large very significant then they will need capital otherwise they will need time and and there should be a good balance of scalability and a path to profitability at all times you know putting money or doing something that fundamentally will never scale so I, i'll tell you my thinking on this business the current landscape maybe i would uh, not be happy running an app that has only users and has no way to monetize and has no way to there are some somebody who can do it really well and somebody would put in so much money in that also and facebook is a great example and there's so many of them which didn't monetize you know didn't monetize till they reached a certain i don't get that but i definitely do get the the fact that hey if we have to invest uh, an x amount of money to and there's already some revenue coming in uh, and the model is fixed then why not and that's what i also did because we raised money when the, when we had found a product market fit when we reached a certain number and we knew that these key parameters of a business are in shape now let's just pour you know gas on uh, the fuel on fire as we call it maybe um, you know so that's what my intent, my my thinking is so when you uh, were in the process of raising money was that stressful how long did it take what 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 is your i mean how did how did that play out for you yeah bro raising money is always stressful no matter at what stage no matter at what scale you are raising capital is stressful to have but stress lagna nahi chahiye agar if you think that's very stressful it might get to you also because you know it's a long process man it's like uh, it keeps going on and on and on 
it's it's a long process so it but it should not be stressful because you should focus on the business once you start focusing on the business i think everything kind of plays out and and building a business for investors is never the right right way to do it i mean you know investors will mostly investors will give you just the money and they will expect you to return that money multi, you know with a multiple right and that's how it all you know pans out so so you you have to you know it's a part of what your life and you have to look at it like that it's a part of your professional business life and uh, i mean that's about it you cannot you cannot be too stressful about it because then it will get to you so do you maybe this is not the i don't know if it's the right please but i think i'll ask it anyways do you regret raising capital or do you think you would have been able to be successful without capital or the capital came in at the right time with the right set of people or you're like you know what maybe i could have waited another year or so yes let's talk to somebody who's right now very successful uh, as a about 150 crore company right now a valued i think i think it's going to be one of the unicorns very soon the person said hey i think i raised capital a little too early <laughs> i diluted a little too early right so do you think you diluted early do you think you should have waited what, what are your thoughts oh my thoughts are quite simple i don't think about it <laughs> because if you start if you think about it then it's all in the past it's all happened uh but i know one thing i'm working with great people a great set of investors and to me that is more liberating than anything else i would be more unhappy uh if i was if i had raised later maybe but i was not working with the right set of people right you know you want these people basically to believe in you like to believe in your vision right and and sometimes sometimes when 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 some very difficult decisions are to be made or a company is in a difficult uh, spot then they should be able to support you and they should be able to have the same conviction they had when they when you were on a you know upwards so i think it's just about that it's just about people there uh, who believe in it and who want to have a long term view on 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 working with the promoters and the founders so my last question to you avarth would be what advice would you want to give somebody uh, who is about to start a new business i think one advice that i can give right away is spend more time before starting the business than after starting the business because once you start i mean you know there's a monthly expense and I mean, it's easier to you know kind of make mistakes early on rather than after starting and after spending amounts of money be lean i think that's very important early on do things that don't scale do things that you want to do that will make you happy as a individual not because some market ki hawa kahin chal rahi hai ya fir kisi ne sirf suna tha because entrepreneurship is i mean technically you you are going against the odds and the odds are not in your favor you are going you know i mean technically you you are getting into something like if you if you try to go to maybe a harvard if you have better chances you know it's like if you want if you want to make something very very significant so agar dhanda hi karna hai business hi karna hai to wo to chalo theek hai agar entrepreneurship karni hai innovation karni hai market todni hai कुछ बहुत बड़ा यू नीड वेरी डिफरेंट माइंडसेट वेरी डिफरेंट अप्रोच सो सो आई थिंक या बी लीन बी कैपिटल एफिशिएंट इनिशियली स्पेशली एंड यू नो थोड़ा लॉन्ग टर्म होराइजन होना चाहिए एटलीस्ट थ्री इयर्स इफ यू डोंट हैव अ थ्री इयर होराइजन एंड इफ यू डोंट हैव थ्री मनी फॉर थ्री इयर्स लाइक दैट्स आल्सो वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट यू यू नो स्पेशली पीपल हु आर मैरिड एंड मे बी हैव किड्स एंड अ फैमिली और वट एवर राइट दे आर दे आर द पेरेंट्स 
कुछ भी हो सकता है दे शुड यू नो प्रोसीड विद कॉशन आई मीन दे शुड नॉट जस्ट जम्प इन टू इट थिंकिंग ग्लैमरस टूडे बिकॉज यू नो आई मीन यू नो इट It's difficult. Of course, difficult. No, so today uh, the startup community is, you know, completely enamored by a few successes, thinking that that's how it plays out. Uh, the other day I was uh, at a, you know, a college and I was talking to the graduating batch, and uh, I just an after uh, lecture conversation, I asked people, hey, what do you think a startup is? One guy said, oh, a company that raises money. Like that is not what a startup is, right? So th- there is so much glamour that they put around raising money. There is so much glamour that they put about you know startups that they don't uh, see the hard work that goes behind it. They don't see the blood, sweat, and tears that go behind it, right? So like one piece of advice that I gave somebody who is now a very very successful entrepreneur was like if you are not dead passionate about that thing, then you would be stupid to start it because the amount of hard work, the amount of heartbreak. You're going to go through doing it for something you're not passionate about would be absolutely craziness, right? You will not be able to sustain it. But if you are truly passionate about it, if you are willing to withstand the pain that it's going to give you, because guess what? No matter the kind of company you're starting, there is going to be pain. So your tolerance for pain is going to, you know, determine yeah. how successful you become, right? So, uh, Bharat, thank you so much for taking up the time and you know uh, being on this show. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing about failures. Thank you so much for sharing about the culture and you know uh, some of the other things that you spoke about. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Ashwin. I had a wonderful time. I learned so many things from you today, and it's been been fantastic speaking to you. Savior. So, guys, that was Bharat Sethi from Rage Coffee. Uh, I think he's created a rage in the industry. You know uh, that, that he's gotten into. He's created a very unique product for the Gen Z audience, and now obviously growing to other people. But imagine creating a coffee product for Gen Z. Who would have thought? You know, Gen Z would be attracted to that. But he got. He understood what they wanted, and he created something. And that's what I think was one of his secrets of success. So go do check him out on Instagram on LinkedIn and check out their website I think there are some amazing products and some amazing flavors and please I hope if you have spent time till here if you spend the last 30 35 minutes till here I'm hoping you've learned something new and I want you to take that one learning and go and break some more ceilings thank you and I'll see you in the next one